Hi, good morning, church. My name is Danielle Couch, and I am a covenant partner here, and I have the honor of reading scripture this morning. Jesus continues to teach the mystery of his kingdom through parables. This morning, we celebrate kingdom purpose, participating in God's plan to bring light and love to his world. Please join me in putting ears on our hearts as we hear the word of God. Mark 4, verses 21 through 25. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. Grass. Amen. Thank you, Danielle, for reading our scripture for us today. What a beautiful day it is. Welcome. Uh, My name is Becky Pritchard. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and it's a blessing today to get to share with you all about this parable, many of which, many of you have probably heard this parable before. You've probably sung the song. Everyone get your lights out, right? This is not children's church, but this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Callan said he was not going to sing that today. Unfortunate for you all, but that's okay. Maybe after. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, No, but seriously, before we um, dive into the scripture, let's pray together. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So over the past few weeks, we've been diving deep into, uh, well, the past few months, really, into the book of Mark, particularly into the parables of Jesus found in Mark. And last week, particularly, Mitchell preached um, from the passage about how our hearts represent the different soils. We talked about the seed and the soils and how our hearts receive the word of God and how that can be very different. Uh, Those who are hardened, the seed falls to the ground and is clutched, clutched, clutched. Clatched? Something? Is clatched a word? No. Okay. Is uh, snatched. That's the word I'm looking for. Snatched. Is snatched up before it had a chance to take root. Those who are excited receive the word. But when the heat presses in and when uh, the distractions of the world come, it, it can't go deep and take root. Those who are anxious, distracted by the, the anxieties of life, all of the thorns that press in and cannot grow and bear fruit. And then there's the good soil, the good soil that's ready. Uh, When the seed is sown, it takes root and produces lots and lots and lots of fruit. The seed is the word of God in our hearts and our lives. So just like in our own lives, when we receive the good news of the gospel of Christ and our hearts are ready, it is like fertile soil and our lives bear fruit, when we submit to the word and we're obedient to Christ, that is when fruit is produced. So today, we pick up with the next parable described in Mark, and we continue to talk about producing fruit for the world to see, but the illustration changes from soil to light. As you see, our stage is lit A lot of time and energy was spent thinking about the way the lamps and the lights light this stage. Light is 
essential to us. In the first two verses of this passage, Jesus uses another picture story, like these parables we've been talking about. And this time it's describing a lamp. This particular story is relatively understandable to us, not only to the people he was speaking to at the time, but also to us. It's one of those kind of duh illustrations. Yeah, I wouldn't light a candle and then put it under a bed, first of all, fire hazard. Second of all, why would you light the candle in the first place, right? Verse 21, Jesus begins by saying, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Makes sense. Why would you bring in a lamp and hide it under a bed? Common sense tell us that of course you wouldn't do that. You might as well just stay in the dark in the first place. So we can sort of understand this, but what is the meaning behind this illustration? All of our, that's why we sing that song. Our children understand it, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, hide it in a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine. It's catchy, we remember it, we get it, but what's, what's Jesus talking about here? Well. In order to understand the light, let's first talk about darkness. Darkness is no place that any of us really want to be, literally or figuratively. I used to watch a show growing up that still haunts me to this day called Are You Afraid of the Dark? And that was like a kid's show, and it's terrifying. Do not let your kids watch it. But darkness is often represented with fear. It's connected with fear. It's not a desirable place. Darkness represents isolation and unknown and hiding. We're afraid of the dark for a reason because when we're in the dark, we cannot see things clearly. If I were standing up here in the complete dark, you would be able to hear my voice but not see my face or one another. When we're in the dark, our imaginations get the best of us about what could be hiding in the dark. Nobody likes being in the dark. Back in February, your lights went out. Your power went out. It was darn cold during that snowvid snowstorm. Did you wish you had light? Right, nobody liked being in the dark. Most of us, we didn't like it because we were cold, but we also couldn't see anything when it gets dark at 5 p.m. and you have no lights in your home. That's a tough place to be. So what did we do? We lit candles, we found flashlights, we lit fires in our fireplaces in order to bring light into our homes. I love to sleep with it pitch dark. If even like the clock has a light on it, I cover it. A little blinking light, no way. When I'm sleeping, I want darkness. But when I'm trying to live and be with people, we need light. You wouldn't have lit a candle during that blackout and ran upstairs to hide it under your bed. Light was, this, was central to your household if you lost power. Everybody came to the light. You probably carried the light around with you from room to room. Wherever the light was, there your family came. It's the perfect way to get teenagers out of their rooms. You need light? Come on down to the the kitchen and we'll, we'll eat together. Just turn the power out from now on and your teenagers will come and eat with you. But seriously, we know the power and significance of light and we all understand the importance of not hiding the light, to let it shine. So in the time that Jesus was teaching, we understand that Folks then also realized that light was the center of the household. A lamp was literally the center of the household, displayed for all to see, essential for their lives. A lamp is designed and created for the purpose of being shown, to cast out light, to put on display. If it's not used in that way, then it's not functioning properly. 
not functioning in the way it was made. It's going to waste, it's unhelpful, it's unuseful. So by using this illustration, Jesus is able to convey a few things. First of all, we need light. We cannot survive without it. Secondly, light cannot and should not be hidden. And thirdly, light must be shared. The importance of letting your light shine for all to see and use. Okay, so we've established the importance of light. We all get it. Makes sense. But what is the light? Or rather, who is the light? Is the light that Jesus is describing here himself, Jesus? Is it the word of God? Is it the truth? Is it us, you and me? Or is it just a lamp that he's referring to? Well, let's look back at the text. Hope you have your Bibles open. Um, we're going to look at verse 21 first. The language that Mark uses here is a Greek verb that literally means come. Does the lamp come for the purpose of being placed under the basket or bed? This can connect to the coming of Jesus. Our translations usually write it as it's brought in. We carry a light in. But does a light walk in on its own? It doesn't come on its own. Jesus comes into the world. Jesus may be, in fact, referring to himself here as the lamp, the lamp that has been lit and has come and is promised to come again to be fully revealed. We're going to talk a minute, in a minute about the next verse, hidden and revealed. Someday, something that's here now and might be hidden for some people, but will eventually be fully revealed when we think about Jesus as the light, we can't help but think about John chapter 1. John chapter 1 says that Jesus is the word and in him was life and life was the light of all men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is God's truth made flesh to shine in the darkness. And then again in John 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. From the beginning of Genesis, we know that there was darkness and void. And one of the first things that God does in Genesis 1-3, it says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God separated the light from the darkness. And then when we fast forward to John 1, we see a similar reference to darkness and light when referring to Jesus. How Jesus was with God in the beginning and Jesus is the word and the word is light. See these connections? Remember, the Bible is all connected. We're studying the Gospel of Mark, but it really connects to God's creation and how God has promised his son as the light. This is all connected that before the, the beginning of time, before creation, Jesus was promised as the light. This same parable that we read today um, is also found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, Luke, chapter 8, and chapter 11. It's described several in both of those chapters about light, um, letting your light shine. Both of these other Gospels talk really about us, you and me, shining your light, be a city on the hill so that others might see the light that is in you. Mark's version here is not as explicit. It's a little bit more clouded. He uses this different verb. It points to Jesus coming as the light. And because of John 1, we know that Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light and the word and the truth. Another song you might know from childhood, 
Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And Amy Grant wrote that one, 80s, anyone? No? Okay. Um, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. That's Psalm 119, 105, right? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. So we know Jesus is the light. The light is a, the word is a light. When we're lost in darkness, the word helps us find the next step. It reveals to us where we should go. So if Jesus is the light and Jesus is the word and the word is the light, right? It's kind of like, okay, I get it. There's light, Jesus, word, truth. Jesus has come. He's brought the light. And there's hope that he will come again. There's a promise that that light will be fully revealed when we think about the centrality of life to our, light to our lives, how light is so important to us, and Jesus is the light, then Jesus is central to our lives. We can't hide the work and power of Jesus from the darkness of the world because Jesus' light will overcome the darkness. But as followers and believers, as people who know the light, who believe in the light, who trust the light, who read the word that is the light, we are also lamps of Christ's love and truth. We are light bearers of Christ in this world. So if Christ is the light, we believe in the light, we're called to share the light with others. We have responsibility, and as we talked about last week, to bear fruit for God's glory by shining Christ's light. When the seed, the word of God is planted in our hearts, when we begin to bear fruit, not by our own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit working through us, and others begin to see that fruit, the fruit is like light that shines for all to see. See, these things are connected. Jesus is telling a bigger story within these smaller picture stories called parables. The light of Christ shines in and through us for God's glory. For God's glory. And that light cannot be hidden, but must shine to the world. So look at verse 22. As our passage continues in, in 22, it's, 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 Jesus says, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. So manifest, meaning that it'll become clear or obvious to us. Like we were talking about earlier, when we're in the dark, we can't see, we, we pretend all of a sudden the, our mind plays tricks on us that those shadows in the corner are actually a monster. When we turn on the lights, we realize it's the clothes that we didn't fold and put away, right? But our imaginations plays tri play tricks on us in the dark. So when something is manifest, it's become clear to us. All of a sudden we can see it. We can understand it. It's no longer hidden. Same goes for truth. Truth is meant to be seen. Truth is not meant to be hidden. Think of when, when you were a young kid. Maybe you did something that you knew wasn't right and you, would knew, you knew you'd get in trouble for it. Maybe it was taking a cookie and eating it before dinner when your mom told you, do not eat a cookie before dinner. Or maybe you borrowed your sister's favorite sweater, you spilled you know, chocolate on it, and you knew she would be super mad. So what did you do with the sweater? You hid it. It's stuffed way deep under your bed. That stain is going to set in. Your sister will never find her sweater again, and hopefully no one will find out. 
Or you hid the evidence of the cookies. You threw it away at the bottom of the trash can. You like dug it up and hid underneath so that nobody would really find the trash that you left. This is our human nature. We're, when we do something wrong and we are full of shame, we hide. We hide from the truth. Classic example, Adam and Eve, Genesis, chapter 3. They disobeyed God, took the fruit. What did they do? They hid from God. Their shame caused them to hide because they knew they had disobeyed. Oh my gosh, we try to hide from the truth every time the truth comes out though, right? It's the hard part about truth is that it always comes to light. You love watching those dramas on TV where they're trying to find the real truth and finally, at the end, you know it's all going to come out, and you're gonna, they're going to get the bad guy. He can't hide any longer. As humans, we want to hide, cover it up because of our fear, our shame, our guilt, control, embarrassment. We don't want it to be revealed. But we just spent half the time talking about light. Light shines on things. But wait, we want to hide from the light, but we need light. What? What is made manifest, what is, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, for no, nor is anything secret except to come to light. The truth always comes out. The truth is meant to be revealed. Jesus is the truth. He is the word. He is the light. Don't put the light under the bed. Don't hide it under a basket, but let it shine. As it's written in Matthew 5, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. For those in here who are followers of Christ, for those who believe in Jesus and who know Jesus as the light, Jesus lives in you and the Holy Spirit works to shine Jesus' light to others around you. For those in here who do not know Jesus, who have not experienced his light. Today is an opportunity to understand what that means for you. To find the light. You're stuck in darkness. You don't want to be there. You hate it. What's the way out? Jesus is offering you a way to live into the light. Does that mean life's perfectly easy? Absolutely not. Our brokenness continues to hide us from the the fear and the shame and all the things that we do wrong because we are still broken in our humanness. But Jesus is offering forgiveness and grace in the light. And when we come into it, we're scared at first, but we remember the love that God has for us as it washes over us. Are you listening? Are you listening? Verse 23 Jesus says, are you listening? If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. We've heard this before. We heard this last week in the parable of the seeds and the soils. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Pay attention. Pay close attention. Are you listening? Verse 24, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. Don't get tripped up here. Let me read that again. Pay attention to what you hear with the measure you use, the measure being with what 
what you give with what you use, it will be measured to you. It will be given back to you. And still more will be added to you. What Jesus is basically saying is that whatever you give will be given to you. Just like with the soils in the previous parable, everyone hears and responds to God's truth differently. Some are hardened to it. Some are excited. Some are anxious. Some are ready. The measure he's referring to are the different ways that people hear and receive the word of God. The measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For those who are like the good soil, they hear and receive the word, and the result is fruit. The result is fruit. For those who are hard and distracted, there is no fruit. There's a way to see what God is doing in your life when we make space for God to do his work. So as a response to this parable of the lamp, as a response to Jesus as the light, as a response uh, to followers of Christ being light bearers in the world, Jesus explains that the more we listen, the more we are ready to see, the more open and fertile we are, the more we will receive. 30-fold, 60-fold, 90-fold. Verse 25 goes on to say, for the one, for the, to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Jesus isn't talking about money or wealth here. It's easy to misinterpret this as, okay, if I give a lot of money, I'll, I'll get a lot. Or if I don't give any, if I don't have any, I won't give any. It's not about money here. It's to do with the hearing of Christ's message. Those who hear it will be given much, and those who do not will lead to a spiritual deafness that's worse than before. When we're open and ready to receive, when we're open to hear Christ's message and truth and embrace his light, we then are responsible to use well what we have. It kind of reminds me of this. Okay, so when the more you work out, the stronger you get. Well, that's the hope, right? The more you exercise, the, the more fit you get. Um, the more you study, the better you know something. So before a test, if you really cram and you really get it in your head, you really know it, you're gonna do hopefully pretty well. The more you practice an instrument, the better you will be at playing it. Everybody hates when mom's like, go practice your piano, and you're like, oh, I don't wanna practice. Um, the more exposure you have to anything, really, the better you will get at it. The more you will recognize it, the the more you will see it pop in your, up in your life. Have you ever bought a car and you bought a bright red car and you never noticed red cars before and all of a sudden red cars are everywhere? That's kind of how this is. It's like you invest in something, you dig into something, and all of a sudden you see it everywhere in your life. It starts to produce because of your time spent in it. When we study and learn about God's love for us through Christ Jesus, when we study the word of God, the truth in his scriptures, we can only grow and learn more. Right? So the same goes for our relationship, spending time with God in his word, taking the time to make space to be saturated in the word of God. God does the work in us to fill our souls as we learn and grow and mature in our walk with Christ. That's why our learning and studying of scripture is so important, especially to us here at FPC. Shameless plug, Bob made it in the first service, I'm making it here. This is why we do Sunday school. 
so that we can dig into the word together. We dig into the word here, but in Sunday school, you can go even deeper. Ask the hard questions. Raise your hand and say, this doesn't make any sense. That's why we do vacation Bible school, June 21 through 25th. Don't forget to sign up. To teach our kids about vacation Bible school to memorize scripture, to learn more about it, to be saturated in the word of God. That's why we do Bible studies and small groups. That's why we want you to get involved beyond just coming to worship service because learning scripture and studying scripture is what God has called us to. And when we do that together, we can't help but bear fruit because of God's work in us. It's just like learning a foreign language, right? I was a Spanish minor in college. I studied Spanish all the way from eighth grade until I was 22 years old. I spent two months living in Spain in college. I was immersed in the language, fluent in the language. I bet you can guess what happened. (laughs) Anybody have a similar story? You stop using it. You're no longer tested on it. You don't have to converse with people in Spanish all the time. And you lose it. Now, if you were to speak in Spanish, I could probably understand what you're saying, but if, if I were to try to speak with you, I would be embarrassed. In fact, I hide from native speakers because I don't want to try. I'm scared because I've lost my language. I'm no longer immersed in it. But guess what? A few years ago, I went on a mission trip to Guatemala. Three days in, all of a sudden, I'm like, blah, 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 blah talking in my, oh, that's not Spanish if you didn't know. But talking in Spanish, it comes back to you. It was still in there, right? What I had learned, I just needed to be re-immersed in it. It hadn't gone away. I just lost the practice. I forgot to study. I didn't live it every day. And when I got back to Guatemala, suddenly the language came back to me. Same goes for how we learn and live the truth of God. We might be that excited soil and like, yes, I want to learn. And you dig in for a couple of months and then you lose it. You step away, you get distracted, you get anxious, those thorns come in, the heat presses in, whatever it might be, and the light feels like it dims. But guess what? Christ's light never dims. You might feel that way, and as humans, our emotions are up and down and all around, but the light is constant. The light is always there. So when we step back and make space for that light to shine, when we step back and make space to let the Holy Spirit do the work in us, we really recognize that Jesus is in there. The more you make space for him, the more you engage with him, the more you'll sense his presence and begin to bear fruit. But we got to remember, this is not a striving and achieving thing. This is my problem. I hear a sermon like this and I'm like, okay, Tomorrow's the day, wake up at five, read my scripture, dig in. I gotta be the fertile soil. I gotta really get it. I'm gonna nail it out of the park. Perfectionism, no. We, we must act. We must be available. We must be intentional. We must not be lazy, but we must not beat ourselves over the head that it's all up to us to bear fruit. Because guess what? God's already doing the work. You are a light bearer. You are not the light. Christ is the light in you. The Holy Spirit is doing the work. Don't be tempted to say, look at me and my light that I'm shining, but instead to point to the true light. Don't hide it, but let it shine.
When he makes space for God to do the work, he will be faithful to complete it. If left to our own devices, we will forget to practice. We will lose the language like I did with Spanish. We'll fall away. We'll be distracted. We'll be choked out. We will hide because we're scared, full of shame. But Christ is in there. Christ's light doesn't dim. So as we acknowledge our weakness as humans to God, we are covered by his grace. We're made free to live as followers of Jesus through his love so that he can shine through us, trusting that the Holy Spirit will do the work, not so that we can boast, but so that God might gain glory. So as followers and believers in Christ, as people who seek to follow the light, we're called not just to receive it, but then to share it, to share the light with others. And as I said earlier, for those who don't know Jesus, who've heard about the light, who might see the light in others and wonder, What's it, why, what is different about that person? You have an opportunity to ask those questions today. Stay after. Find somebody after. We'll have an opportunity for prayer later. Something's weighing on your heart. You can't seem to get out of the darkness, and you just need light. God is waiting for you and calling you. And we do this together because we're not alone. And that's the joy of being a family of faith in relationship with one another and and with God. Jesus is the true light. Don't forget this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. The Holy Spirit can and will use you to share Christ's light with the world, bearing fruit for his glory. Let us pray. God, we thank you that we don't have to produce the light on our own, that we are not trapped in our sin and brokenness because you have offered your son as a sacrifice for our sins, as the light in the world, as the lamp to our path. Lord, often we feel stuck in darkness. Our world is a dark and heavy place, yet... Darkness cannot overcome the light of your son, Christ. So Lord, as we seek the light, help us to come with humble and open hearts, ready to dig in, knowing that your grace is sufficient and your power is made perfect in our weakness. Thank you that we're not alone. We thank you that you sent brothers and sisters to walk alongside us as we strive to know and love you open our hearts to your word that we might bear fruit for your glory. We pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.